0: And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
1: Rick Tittle.
2: Thank you for that and welcome to another edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle as I enunciate my tease here on a hump day. Is it really a hump day? I mean, it's a Wednesday, I guess so. Hope you have New Year's Day off. I'll be here manana, but we still have three hours to do here, here I sit in my customary time slot, nine to noon Pacific time, uh, noon to three out there on the East Coast, I'm walking here. Wherever you might happen to be, um, over there in uh, England, we're on a massive star uh, on the continent, on the American Forces Radio Network. That's 500 outlets, 177 countries, ships at sea. If you are in the military listening on AFN, I'm AFN FAN of you. Thanks for keeping us and our allies safe. You stay safe and hope to see you at home very, very soon. And always a special shout out to the brave men and women in uniform at this time of year when you get a, probably a little bit extra homesick around the holiday period. Many ways to listen to this show if you're not by an affiliated terrestrial radio station. Remember, the extraterrestrial stations, uh, that's for the aliens. But you can go to some apropos applications. You can go to the TuneIn Radio app, the iHat Radio app, the Stitcher app. Also on your TV sets, 35 million homes get the Cable Radio Network Channel 2. That's CRN Digital Plus 2 as we stream through there 24-7 as we do through our homepage, the website, sportsbyline.com. Go there, click listen live, Any email to rick at sportsbyline.com, S-P-O-R-T-S-B-Y-L-I-N-E.com. Also, uh, how about uh, you can check us out on the uh, social media, the Facebook fan page, Tiddling Sports with Rick Tittle, and the Twitter is at Rick Tittle. Chan Wall, the film critic extraordinaire, is going to join us this first hour. We moved things up, of course, for the holidays. We've got some international Guests as well in England, in Sweden, and right here in the good old US of A as well. 1 800 878 play is the number to call. It works coast to coast and all over. 1 800 878 7529. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come on back. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll see you in a second. Rates have
3: dropped to near all time lows at ClearPath Lending. Rates are as low as 1.75% on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, 1.986% APR. Call ClearPath Lending, 844-800-3205. Loan officers are standing by. ClearPath Lending at 844-800-3205.
1: Loans not available in all states. 1.75% rate, 1.986% APR. Subject to 800 minimum FICO score and includes up to two discount points. Other restrictions apply. Call 888-855-6361 or visit clearpathlending.com for details about credit costs, terms, and license information. ClearPath Lending Incorporated. 15615 Alton Parkway. Suite 300, Irvine, California. 92618. NMLS ID number 936436. Loans made or arranged pursuant to a California financing law license number 603 j783 in california equal housing opportunity lender
3: call now and save thousands 844-800-3205 now
4: is a great time to replace your worn out windows during the renewal by anderson 25 year savings event upgrade your home today buy four windows and get the fifth one free plus get 12 months with no interest no money down and no payments call now get four windows and get the fifth one free installation and warranty included Renewal by Anderson takes every CDC-recommended safety precaution to protect your family. For 25 years, people have trusted us for their window replacement needs and you can too. Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth
5: one free window replacement offer. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992.
6: Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details
5: 800-754-4531.
2: All right. Thank you so much. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on AFN. It's our pleasure. We're waiting on Jan, but let's start off with our first guest. It is Captain Tristan Lorraine. He joins us uh, from England. His new documentary, which he's directed, is called Everybody Flies. And it's about the air quality that we all have to breathe when we fly on uh, airliners. And uh, Captain, thanks for joining us. I understand you're calling us from uh, West Sussex. Is that correct?
8: I am, and I'm really delighted to be on the show because I trained as an airline pilot in the Bay Area, so it's great to be on. Very cool. And you're in Horsham. Isn't that Catherine
2: Howard's hometown?
8: I'm not sure about that, but um, it's it's a (laughs) cold day over
2: here, I tell you. When did it, just before we get into this, you were with British Airways for a long time. When I was a kid, it was BOAC, or as my English friends say,
8: better off on a camel.
2: When did it go from BOAC to BA?
8: Yeah, so that was the long-haul division, and uh, about 1970, they merged the, both of them to create British Airways and made it a public company.
2: All right, and uh, so I, I think it's fascinating that you have a, you had a career as an airline captain and then sort of retrained as a director. When did you get the idea to uh, put a film like this together, Captain?
8: Well, when I was uh, ill-health retired in 2006, I thought, I've got a story I've got to tell people. So I thought, I'll go and retrain as a filmmaker and and try and make films about this issue. And that's kind of how the journey started. It it wasn't planned to be that way.
2: And I understand our buddy film critic, Jan Wall. Janie, you're with us now.
9: Yes, little tech problem there, but it's good to talk to you all. What a fascinating story this movie is and something we can all relate to. Um, did you, did yeah, you get in trouble for making this movie? Uh, not the at
8: all. You know, it was actually a, a lot of labor organizations around the world that helped, uh, you know, donate money to the film to get it made. And many of those are, are in the United States, you know, like the Transport Workers Union and people like that, because they thought, oh. you know, this story has to be told. Well, I know that you
2: um, have been awarded at the House of Lords for this. You also are a spokesman for the Global Cabin Air Quality Executive. I mean, way before the pandemic, we always heard, uh, you know, we were kids, you could smoke on the back of airplanes. And then you just think about how much uh, bad air is being recirculated through that plane. And then now with the pandemic, where are we right now with the quality
8: on an average flight, Captain? Well, it's really interesting you mention that because... So in essence, what a lot of your listeners may not be aware of is that when they're sitting on an airplane, the air they're breathing is originating in the engines, and that air gets contaminated with engine oils or hydraulic fluids, which contain many hazardous products. And originally, when they first started doing this in the kind of the 60s onwards, as you say, people smoked on airplanes, so it was kind of masked. And when the smoking ban came in the late 80s, early 90s, people started to say to themselves, hang on a minute, what's this strange smell I'm getting? And that's, and by early 90s, you know, the flight attendants in the United States were already complaining to Congress about this problem. So the, the problem was born you know, many, many decades ago. And then obviously they decided to save more money. They would recirculate some of the air. Now, the recirculated air gets filtered for bacteria and viruses. But the problem we're dealing with is all the air originates from the engines and it's getting contaminated with these oils and hydraulic fluids. And what the passengers are not aware of is if you pick up a can of these oils, it says suspected of causing cancer, neurological problems, do not breathe this heated product. So why aren't we filtering the air? Why aren't we having sensors on airplanes?
9: You're saying it's still like
10: this?
8: Absolutely. There's only one airplane flying today that doesn't provide this unfiltered air from the engines, and that's the Boeing 787, the Dreamliner. And Boeing, to their credit, you know, have redesigned it to be, you know, so the air is fantastic. But every other airplane, you know, people are boarding these airplanes, and you're you're asked to pay for a seat or, you know, to take on baggage or a meal or a coffee, but nobody says to passengers, hey, Would you pay a quarter to actually be provided with clean air to breathe? And by the way, whilst you're on this airplane, we've no idea what the air quality is because we're not measuring it. I mean, it's absolutely outrageous.
2: A couple more questions for Captain Tristan Lorraine about the movie Everybody Flies. Uh, I'm glad I did take a Dreamliner to London last year, <laughs> now that you mentioned it. But why, why? this is a naive question, perhaps, but why Why are the engines involved in the air circulation? I would think that that's something that would, uh, even back in the 30s, they would avoid.
8: Well, it's a great question, because in the dawn of the jet age, they didn't use air from the engines. So any of your listeners who used to fly on planes like the Boeing 707 or DC-8, the original jet airliners, they didn't allow this to happen because they knew in the early 50s they had a problem with this but then the british and the french decided to introduce the taking the air from the engines it's called bleed air in the industry so they introduced this problem and the american aerospace industry was now at a commercial disadvantage so so they then copied them and you know that's the way it's been and because people smoked nobody really realized It's already 20 years now since the Australian Senate had a year-long investigation in this and concluded this was a health and flight safety issue. And if that isn't enough, there are departments in the world that investigate air accidents or incidents, and there's now 50 recommendations and findings around the world relating to this problem, but it's still not getting fixed.
9: And the pilots themselves, they breathe the same air, right?
8: Absolutely, and we've had cases mm-hmm. of pilots who've been either impaired or, as we show in the film, totally incapacitated. So, you know, your passengers board an airplane, and yes, air travel is the safest form of travel, and we all need airplanes. You know, it's vital to the world economy. But what we need is to be filtering the air that passengers are being breathed because, you know, you've got to think of the weak denominator. What about the pregnant passenger aboard the airplane? They should not oh. be breathing this stuff, you know. And and when there are these events and people get these exposures, airlines don't tell passengers, oh, by the way, we exposed you to these hazardous chemicals. They don't ring you up and check out, you know, a month mm-hmm. later or five years later how you are. So that's why we're making the films to try and galvanize public opinion to say to the airlines, look, please, filter the air and let us breathe clean air all the time. One last question for you, and that is, is it something
2: that can be altered or do you have to scrap these entire fleets because that's not going to happen? I mean, do you have to redesign the plane, or can you just put a filter in and do
8: it that way? A great question. There's a company in America called Pal Aerospace. They're, they've designed a new total filtration system, which they're hoping to flight test, you know, this year, and that will be a solution that airlines ca- can put in there. But ultimately. These airlines who buy or lease these airplanes, you know, they don't want to be contaminating their people. They should be going to the aircraft manufacturers like Boeing and Airbus and saying, hey, you've got to stop providing us with, you know, defective product. You know, we want people to be breathing cleaner. so please pay and fit these filters. And we're talking like $50,000 to filter the air on an airplane. It's nickel and dime for the aerospace industry. That's Captain Tristan Lorraine. He has
11: directed oh.
2: the new documentary "Everybody Flies," disclosing never-before-seen uh, scientific facts and personal testimonies relating to this controversial issue of cabin air quality around the world. Uh, Captain, uh, congratulations on the uh, the, impi- <laughs> the film. It's uh, very important. Thank,
9: Thank you, Captain.
2: Very much, all wow. right, good stuff. And uh, Janie, and think about all those flights yeah. we've been on and sucking in that air. Please
9: I mean, yeah, I've flown all over the world and through work, and holy cow.
2: Long flights,
9: really long flights.
2: Let's go from Mm. West Sussex with our next guest. We'll go up to Sweden with the director of a new film called Alive. I'm Rick Tittle with Jan Wall. Come on back on Sports
5: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906, 800-338-6906, that's 800-338-6906, paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. It doesn't really matter, I I don't like my job and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore.
12: Rick Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
2: Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle and film critic Jan Wall with you coast to coast and around the globe on American Forces Radio Network. We now go to Sweden and uh, join by director Jimmy Olsen. He has a new short film called Alive, uh, which has been very well received. Jimmy, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, where are you in uh, Sveria? Are you in Stockholm or up in Lapland? Where are you? Uh, yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you.
14: I- I'm in Stockholm, yes.
2: Just a real quick question. The film Alive, I mean, we had the uh, you know, Uruguayan rugby team plane crash movie Alive. We have the Korean zombie movie Alive. What's that like when you have a name of a film that... that- is the name of other films? Is that a problem, or is that something that's that not that big of a deal?
14: No, it's not not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, my film, I think it came out uh, a couple of months earlier than the horror film, but uh, I've seen on YouTube, my name has you know been in the same vicinity of, of the horror film. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's not a big deal. Motion.
9: I mean, I'm a film critic, and I do a lot of studying about how people promote their movies. So now you've got a movie that's already well known in other areas. Yeah.
14: Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I guess that, yeah, I guess that that could be good. And 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 I remember the the uh, the the uh, film from '93, uh, the, the the plane crash one. Right. Uh, well, Uh, and that's good. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But yeah, I I, I felt the name was, uh, for my film was, it's hard with with titles, but uh, that came Mm -hmm. quite quickly.
2: Let's talk about the uh, film. Um, It is the protagonist, Victoria is disabled, uh, yearning for intimacy, and where do we go from there?
14: Well, yeah, uh, she wants the same thing that, you know, able-bodied people want. Uh, and there's, in the start of the film, uh, there's a scene with her caregiver, Ida, and, and her boyfriend. And uh, something sparks inside of her when she sees him. And, yeah, she wants the same thing. She wants love and intimacy, but she doesn't really um, think that anyone w- would want her because she's disabled. And and there's a problem with able-bodied people, perhaps, uh, seeing see disabled people uh, differently because they look differently, they speak differently and act differently. But in, uh, inside, you know, uh, their feelings inside are exactly the same, I, I think.
9: Wow. So was it a big casting issue to find the leading lady? Or did you go through it, it, a lot was, of
14: disabled mm-hmm it it was, it was a, a, in the beginning it was quite difficult because in sweden stockholm we don't have uh, that many professional disabled actors and and this this uh, character she's not born disabled she she's been on she's been through this uh, uh, accident um so i i went along and actually i i i saw a few disabled actors uh they didn't you know didn't quite fit Uh, the character that you know uh, what i wanted so so i i got into contact with ava Johansson, and she's a real character actress and she's been doing a lot of theater and and we did you know uh we did an audition with with madeleine martin as well and we did a lot of you know rehearsals and we did a lot of research and stuff for several several weeks um so it, 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 was, it was a bit hard in the beginning. But then, you know, when I found Ava, it was, no, this is this is perfect.
9: And what it's is her disability?
14: She's got a fascia and, and um, brain uh, uh-huh. weariness.
8: I see.
2: So I know in Hollywood today where it's so, I don't know if you want to call it woke, PC, whatever it is. But if you cast a movie here, a disabled person, and it's an able bodied fantastic actress, there will be backlash. How how could uh-huh. you give this to someone who's not this? You know how could a Hispanic play a right. white or a white play a Hispanic? that yeah. was that sort of in the back of your mind when you were casting?
14: Yeah, I yeah, it, it's been it's been um, in in the back of my head, but but since since the character isn't born disabled, I I thought it it's it's better for me to have someone that that is the right fit uh, character-wise rather than having uh, in this case, uh, a disabled uh, person from, from the beginning who isn't the right fit, uh, just you know, just visually the the right fit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm aware it, it could backlash, but I'm I'm stand I stand firm.
9: Yeah, you know, last year at the Tonys, a woman in a wheelchair won a Tony for Supporting Actress in Oklahoma. Do you know yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's all possible.
14: Obviously, yeah you know
2: mm-hmm. uh, what is, are you, mm-hmm. What's it like as you wrote the film as well? we should point that out and I know that shorts are kind of your genre. you like the short version instead of maybe the the feature length. but when you write it and direct it this is this is really your baby, isn't it?
14: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I wrote it really quickly. I, I I wrote. I I was listening to this podcast uh, where I heard this story, and I wrote it in in Munich Airport in like ninety minutes. Wow. The first half. wow. So, so that was too quick. So I I wasn't sure if it was any good, but when we start in started to treat the text and work with it, I I quickly found out that with these actresses. I think I can make some really, really uh, good stuff out of it. And, you know, yeah, sh- uh, shorts have been my genre, but I, I do want to uh, climb up to do uh, a feature. But it's not that, you know, it's quite difficult to finance features, uh, at least in Sweden anyway. But uh, that's my goal, uh, of course, to to make uh, features.
9: Is Ing- is Igmar Bergman uh, sort of a role model for filmmakers there? I mean, I mean, here not you in- have this... Not
14: anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, but Ingmar Bergman is, is a god to me. I, I actually met uh-huh. him the year, the year before he, he passed, and nope. uh, <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. I did, I had to have this Bergman week every year on this island where he lived, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I got to meet with him uh, for a few minutes, and that was um, uh, nerve wracking, <laughs> but it was it was good, and he was a nice guy. Uh, for those uh, couple of minutes we spoke. And yeah, so he, him, uh, Ingmar Bergman and uh, the, the late Russian filmmaker, Andrei Tarkovsky, uh, right. uh, are heroes of mine. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but uh, these uh-huh. days, well, of course, people have, have heard of Ingmar Bergman and ABBA, uh, but they don't, really, they don't really get inspired by them. They are inspired by more modern filmmakers in Sweden, I guess. Mm-hmm. What was it
2: about Tarkovsky, especially in those Soviet days that really
14: uh, you know that really spoke to you i I would say it's it's pure cinematic poetry um you know i don 't really get everything when i watch I, he made seven features i've seen i've seen every every single feature and i 've seen his school films it, there's a, there's a tone he touches in me uh, when when uh, he, he makes a movie uh, and the it's visually striking, uh, and and the scripts aren't aren't you know they aren't really conventional in in any sense, but they are uh, the imagery. The, the, it's poetry, and if you're into poetry, uh, you know by any means, it's it's perfect perfection.
9: Wow, it's amazing. You know, Sweden is is. Known for being a little dark and uh, you know the suicide rate and this and that, but yeah. here it sounds like your film is uplifting in a way.
14: Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. Well, we we uh, we we do care. We do like darkness because it's dark like nine months a year. Uh, but um, <laughs> we. Uh, I think. I think we are like like the Finnish people, like the Norwegian and the Danes. We are. Uh, We tend to like uh, darker stories, but uh, uh, on the other hand, we are also influenced by the the older British humour, the black humour, the black comedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we tend to try to mix those um, uh, genres a little bit. So I I always Mm -hmm. try to put some comedy in my films and have some. And in this film, I wanted to have an uplifting ending. Um otherwise it would be pure hell wouldn't it
2: <laughs> that's mm-hmm. jimmy mm-hmm. olsen the writer and director of the uh short film oscar eligible alive jimmy congratulations on the film and Talk. Thank thanks for joining us
9: <laughs> good Very. talk <laughs>
2: <laughs> thanks yeah uh, i don't know if you know this jen uh, one of my grandfathers born and raised in denmark
9: no kidding wow yeah. have you been
2: Many times, yes, I still have relatives yeah. there. I'm one of, I'm one of those Danish Americans.
9: I didn't know that. That's very interesting. I've been there. It's a, but you know, they love jazz there. They love American jazz in Denmark.
2: Have um, you ever been to jazz... Solvang? Have you ever been to Solvang?
9: Yes, in California.
2: Yeah, it's all. It's uh-huh. a Danish little. It's a little Danish town. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's quite fetching. <laughs> yeah. right. it is
9: fetching. Boy, there's we will, one I have We will
2: be joined by veteran actor Tom Boer on the other side. Jan Wall and Rick Tittle, come on back on Sports Violin. <coughs>
4: The spread of COVID-19 is still unchecked across the nation, and you need to keep your family safe. Make a new habit and check your temperatures twice a day, once before dinner and before leaving home in the morning. You can't afford to take chances, so use the Exergen Temporal Scanner. Its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies, and it takes an accurate reading in seconds. It's the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Quick and easy to use. You can count on Exergen to keep your family
15: safe 24 hours a day
7: Do you have valuable collectibles and worry what will happen if they're stolen? Wax Insurance is a mobile app that allows collectors to take care of all their insurance needs. Whether you collect watches, sports memorabilia, wine, fine art, you name it, Wax makes insuring what you care about incredibly easy. To get an immediate quote, download the Wax Insurance app and use promo code INSURE. Then take a picture of your item and provide some basic information. That's it. No extensive paperwork or need for third-party appraisals. Download the Wax Insurance app and use promo code INSURE.
12: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
2: Thanks for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. We're waiting on Tom Bower. When we get him, we'll throw him in. Rick Tittle with film critic Jan Wall. And uh, Jan, how do you go about compiling your best movies of the year? Do you do right. it uh, with a calendar uh-huh. year, or you do it more like the Oscars in the spring?
9: Um, well, uh, they're both kind of the same. I mean, I mostly think of what, meant something to me, what had everlasting kind of impact during the year, and what I enjoyed. You know, right now, we need to fill our hours with something of of value. And so I think of that and what I really dug, you know. And fortunately, uh, really good things come out at the end of the year, like the prom and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So those two things just came out at the end of the year. So Sometimes they make it easy for me. But, yeah, I'm always, I'm always looking, and then I'll go back, and I'll see my reviews during the beginning of the year in the middle. But, uh, you know, that one John Leguizamo did, I loved about chess, you know, the chess teacher. Yeah. Remember when we interviewed him, Ricky? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
9: Oh, that was one of my favorite interviews we've ever done, John Leguizamo. People should just look him up and just get his last movie and then get also everything he's ever done.
2: Let me ask you. Mm -hmm. this because when I, my Sunday night video game show, when I'm doing my list of top 10 games Mm -hmm. of the year,
17: Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. I have
2: to not just think about what I like because, you know, there are games in in areas that I don't have any Mm -hmm. interest, but I I still have to, Mm -hmm. how hard is that for you to, Mm -hmm. you know, judge maybe movies or documentaries you're not interested in, but you still want to see them for what they are?
9: Um, I don't really trip that way. I don't even think that way. Uh, I just think of what I like, and mm-hmm. often the audience follows me. Like the May West documentary, May West Dirty Blonde, co-produced by Bette Midler, that came out this year. So there's a whole lot of good things, and I really don't think of uh, what you uh, – I mean, I just can only go off my own heart and my own mind and my own case.
2: Mm-hmm. The other day I was yeah, watching so, this movie on um, – Prime or Net—I always get Prime and Netflix confused—but right. it was called uh, *Motherless Brooklyn*. It was written oh. and directed by mm-hmm. Ed Norton, and it had a whole cast yeah. of uh, good stars uh-huh. in it. Um, and to- it was funny to me. It was a movie that I didn't think was that great, and I didn't like the yeah. plot, but because right. it was Ed Norton. I right. watched it anyway. It, you know how you get right. a thing like you 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 like the actor or the actress, right. and you put up with the dumb story.
9: Exactly, exactly. That's the problem I had this year with Mank about Philip about, about Herman Mankiewicz. Is I love Gary Oldman. I could watch Gary Oldman read the yellow pages, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, but I agree with you about Edward Norton. And that movie is not successful, but it is got real film noir elements and. He is always worth seeing. Ed, Ed Norton is just a completely underrated actor, and I kind of think he likes it like that. He doesn't. I got to spend the day with him once promoting uh, some movie, um, something where he was remarkably good as a as a guy who goes from being kind of a oaky to a crazy killer. Uh, oh, American um, History X. No, another one, another one. But Fight Club? you know, Ed Norton. <laughs> you, no, not Fight Club, but. Uh, he, uh, I want to say something with lawyer in it. Uh, okay. okay, I'm sorry, but um, he, right. he's a marvelous actor. You, you really and think he's underrated?
2: I think I thought he was very highly you think regarded. People
9: know him. Yeah, uh, I think he is. But when we walked around together um during this promotion he really didn't want to sign autographs he wasn't really great with people but you know he's such a fine actor and you know as bogart once said all i owe the public is a good performance and so possibly he just didn't want to relate with people
2: Mm -hmm. all right good stuff we do have uh, veteran actor tom bower with us he is the co-star of two ways home we were lucky enough to have The director, Ron Vignoni and uh, Tom's co-star, Tana Frederick, on a couple of uh, weeks ago. It is available. It just came out yesterday. Video on demand from Gravitas Ventures. Tom, welcome to the show. And I was just looking at the litany of films and projects you've done since the 70s. And I always ask uh, ask actors this who have such a um, prolific file. Do you ever sit at home and change channels one night and see yourself and say, (laughs) I forgot
10: I did that? It gets worse than that, you know. Uh, once I was coming out of the shower and I heard this strange voice coming from me, and I wasn't quite sure if I was in the room, but I had left the television on, and it was me. <laughs> <laughs> or, That's weird. <laughs> or in Germany, or, or or I've woken up. You know, I leave the TV on all night and listen to news mostly, but I've woken up, with uh, the to see my face and hear my voice, and it's it's kind of a rude awakening. But I was working in Germany, and I would see myself, but hear somebody else's voice dubbed in German.
9: <laughs> <laughs> doubly the things weird. you did
10: back when come back to haunt you.
9: <laughs> Tom, can you just, Jan, while I'm a movie critic and film historian, I love Hollywood history. Can you just give us the name of a couple of uh, people you've worked with who blew you away with their talent as actors?
10: Well, my favorite actor of all time that I've worked with is Al Pacino, who I've worked with mm. many times. I did a play with him back in 1970 and have been with him ever since. Mm. And uh, I I love him because he loves acting. He's so passionate it's all he cares about he doesn't care about houses or cars or clothing or food mm-hmm. he just loves acting and it shows mm. Mm. let's talk about
2: this film because it's a uh, you know the, the Iowa cornfields and uh, the sort of the prodigal uh, daughter how did you find this uh, script when you first read it
10: well, it, it it began with Tana Frederick. Uh, I was good friends with her ex-husband, uh, um, Henry Jaglum, who who's a longtime filmmaker, and uh, right. she made about half a dozen films with Henry. And Tana, every New Year's Eve party, would say, you're going to play my grandfather in Iowa. And, uh, you know, you get that a lot in Hollywood. You're going you're gonna to be in my next film. I'm going to work with you someday. So I would shake my head and say, great. And all of a, all of a sudden, the movie was going to be made. And I, I was in. I was in for it, whatever it was. I didn't even know about the script for sure. But I liked Ron Vignon, the director. And I like Tana, and uh, Iowa is where my dad came from, and I used to spend summers there. So I jumped in and uh, really got to know more about the script and the character once I got there.
9: Did you film in
10: Iowa? Yes. Yes, we filmed near Mason City, the forest Oh, City. my
9: God. Oh, my God. River City and the music mask. Mason City. Yes, and, and yeah. my dad's mm-hmm. from
10: Sioux City, which is not nearby, mm-hmm. but part of... My the husband's from, from a
9: town of 250 people called Grafton, Iowa, and it's right what,
10: near po- Mason City. Oh, I see, yeah. My dad actually is from Ottawa, between Omaha and Sioux City, so uh, I'd spend summers there, and I'd go around the state, and I'd I spent some time near Mason City, so it felt like home,
9: yeah, yeah
1: do
2: you yeah, uh, well, how did this film mm-hmm. turn out i mean do you do you there's no premiere obviously in these covid times. do you sort of just put this in the can and move on to the next thing, or did you watch Two Ways Home as soon as you could get your hands on it?
10: No, once I do a, a small specialty film, it's not about the money, you know it's about. What can you do with this little film to help it get out there? Because you don't have a big studio backing its distribution. I once made a movie. Right. Ed, Eddie Olmos and I made the first movie ever to come out of the Sundance Institute, uh, The Ballad of Gregorio Cortez. We spent two and a wow. half years with that movie. So mm. you kind of live with this thing, as, as we will with this movie now, and nurture it as far as we can take it.
2: Do you ever Um, find yourself in an airport and somebody says, hey, weren't you the gas station attendant in The Hills Have Eyes? And you're like, "Uh, yeah. (laughs) What do you get recognized for?
10: They come up behind me sometimes and they'll quote a line from a movie like from Die Hard. I'll be damned if I'm going to clean up this mess, (laughs) which is a famous line from Die Hard 2. And uh, so I hear my lines being quoted back to me in strange places.
13: Mm. Um,
9: Aside from from COVID and the technology, what is the one way, because you've been in the business a long time, what's the one way that you've seen the business change?
10: Oh, in every possible way. Because when I came in and up until 10 years ago, The studios owned who they were, and Mm -hmm. they made the artistic choices. Now they're corporate-owned. So all the choices are much different than they used to be. Mm -hmm. And it's become Mm -hmm. tougher for character actors. In what way? Well, if you don't have a, a huge profile... If you're not Mm -hmm. bankable, if you're not the person that greenlights a movie, it's tough to even get a job because stars Mm -hmm. of yesterday are still looking for work and they're doing the the roles I used to do.
2: (laughs) Well, the good thing is is that Tom Boer, our guest, is the co-star of a brand new film just out from Gravitas Features. You can see it video on demand starring uh, and also produced by Tana Fedrick and it's called Two Ways Home. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for being on the show. Congratulations on the film.
10: Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much. I've become a fan of the station since I've discovered it.
2: Thank you so much. And, uh, Jan, we'll take a break. We'll talk a little bit more recommendations on the other side. Yay. Uh Great. Come on back on Sports Byline, y'all.
5: Paid for by Airtime Media.
12: You must be crazy. Use a dog. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
2: Couple minutes left with Jan Wall Channel. What do you got recommendation wise?
12: Well, I know this is a bit uh, uh,
9: a bit uh, unorthodox, but this is the year that I started my own YouTube channel and it's really fun. I do about 8 minutes of I've done four of them so far. I'm going to do another one tomorrow. If you just great. go into YouTube and do Jan Wall Showbiz, it's totally fun. I do it on my balcony, you know, overlooking the water. And I uh, I really have a great time talking about new things on, uh, you know, new video, old, I mean, new movies, uh, memorabilia, classics. It's just a blast. Uh, I have a lot of fun. So go to youtube and go to jan wall showbiz and you'll see it it's it's short but fun
2: very cool i want to ask you this because yeah. you are the mm-hmm. hollywood historian you love
9: yeah
2: it. i um, do i truly I, do i heard about a fight that happened between mm-hmm. douglas fairbanks jr and uh-huh. john houston over mm-hmm. olivia de Havilland. wow they had a fist fight over her mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. just passed away in July, she mm-hmm, was one hundred mm-hmm. and four years old.
9: God bless her. Yeah.
2: Where do you, where do you rank Olivia de, ha- de Havilland in the in the annals of Hollywood royalty?
9: Oh, pretty high up, pretty high up. She did some amazing <laughs> films. I mean, most people think of her, of course, in Melanie and Gone with the Wind, but she, you know, won Oscars. She was amazing in The Snake Pit as a woman losing her mind and, you know, the heiress. And she did all these great films. She was a good, important actress. Uh, The thing is, she moved to Europe and uh, she uh, lived there in Paris uh, for the last 25 years of her life. So she got out of the Hollywood scene. She did make some movies when she was older, but she was very important and I love stories about the men of Hollywood beating each other up. I mean, you hear an awful lot about that. My favorite thing about, I mean, aside from how good she was as an actress, is I hope she slept with Errol Flynn. <laughs> I just hope that. <laughs> I do. I hope that.
2: She Didn't she live in Saratoga for a while down the peninsula?
9: That sounds, well, that could have been Joan Fontaine, her sister, too. Uh, her sister lived uh... in Carmel, And of all the interviews I've ever done with any woman in the business, Joan Fontaine was my favorite because she was nasty, plus being a a, a lady at the same time. But she and Olivia were definitely in a famous feud their entire lives.
2: Nobody knows Hollywood like Jan Wall. Well, check out Jan Wall Showbiz (laughs) on YouTube. Watch it and subscribe to her channel. Jan, happy new year, buddy. Thanks for everything you've done. Happy new
9: year. Thanks for making this such a good year for me.
2: All right. Awesome. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
17: USA Radio
7: News
11: with Lance Pride. A congressman-elect has died from a heart attack brought on by COVID-19. USA Radio News' Dan Naraki has more.
7: Republican congressman-elect Luke Letlow has died of complications from COVID-19. Letlow was elected in November to represent Louisiana's 5th congressional district and was to be sworn in next week. He was hospitalized on December 19th after testing positive for the virus and later moved to an intensive care unit. Letlow was survived by his wife Julia and their two children. He was 41. From the USA Radio News Ohio
15: Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki.
11: Litlow had lived in Start, Louisiana. Colorado health officials identified the first COVID-19 case caused by the contagious UK variant. The new strain could be as much as 70% more transmissible, but there's no evidence to say it's more deadly. The individual is a male in his 20s who is currently in isolation just outside of Denver, Colorado. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News.
0: Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time.
10: I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change. Not like this, not since I've been on Balance of Nature. I used to take prescription
6: medication for uh,
15: muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I would have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out
10: on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time, and I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50. And you know, your body starts wearing down,
15: but balance of nature has literally changed my life. It really has.
0: Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1 800 2468 751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA.
11: Direct stimulus payments of $600 are being sent out as political maneuvering continues over boosting the money to $2,000. The Internal Revenue Service announced in a statement on Tuesday that the money was being distributed firstly as direct deposits and then with paper checks. After a nine-day manhunt, the fugitive accused of opening fire on a Pennsylvania police officer while handcuffed was caught Tuesday. U.S. Marshals captured Kobe Francis in an apartment complex in Clarksburg, West Virginia. He is currently awaiting extradition at a jail in Doddridge County, West Virginia. A team of researchers affiliated with several institutions in China, one from Italy and one from Iceland, has used a machine learning artificial intelligence application to count and note the locations of over 100,000 craters on the moon. In their paper published in the journal Nature Communications, the group describes programming their system to recognize craters by training it with data collected by Chinese lunar orbiters. USA Radio News.
4: Working from home? I'm Chad Dodd, veterinarian and consultant to Limp Bells. Here are some tips for keeping your dog fit while staying at home. Find 15 minutes twice a day and walk your pet at a decent pace around your place. Play hide-and-seek by hiding some kibble or favorite toys and letting your dog find them. If you have stairs and your dog is mobile, walk up and down twice a day for 5-10 to minutes. Or better yet, try a power walk on your terrace or backyard for some fresh air. There are more helpful pet care tips at youmove.com, spelled y-u-m-o-v-e.com.
11: When the stimulus checks finally hit your bank account, will it be $2000 or $600? Former chief economist for the US Trade Commission Peter Morisi, tells Fox News it will probably be the latter.
18: Well, I don't think we're going to get this $2000. I think we're going to roll into the next Congress and into the Biden administration. I may be wrong. It certainly would be helpful. The, the stimulus that we have 900 billion is going to help at the micro level, you know, the transit systems and, and some state and local services and so forth. But it's not going to give us the lift we need. Uh, this additional money would help. And I'm kind of disappointed that the president and the Senate and the, and the House can't come to a, a more reasonable conclusion. But this is where we are.
11: Mr. Maurice says what he would like to see happen next.
18: Uh, my feeling is is that we have neglected the unemployed in in this whole episode. And we, w- when we come out of this, which will be the second half of this year, there are going to be a lot of people who are in the wrong places and with the wrong skills. After all, a lot of those sandwich shops are not going to reopen if folks only go to the office two or three days a week in Manhattan. Right. Those people need to be retrained, and in many cases, they need to be relocated. Because I don't know that they're going to find opportunities, for example, in New York City, Chicago, Seattle, given the present state of political affairs in those cities. I mean, no one's going to be relocating any businesses into those places with dumpster fires and
11: all the rest. For USA Radio News, I'm Lance Pry.
0: Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked uva rays age the skin uvb rays burn and both cause cancer but the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day wrong 80 percent of uv rays still get through the haze only use sunscreen at the beach nope anytime you're outside uv rays attack the skin so you need protection and you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equals healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Rick Tittle knows his sports.
1: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon. Fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
2: Oh, yeah, what is going on? We are free and clear of guests the best of the way. I guess we talk some sports one 800 878 1-800-878-7529 You never know who's going to drop by this show, <clears throat> girl. So come on in and get heard at your leisure. 1-800-878-PLAY One more week of football. One more week of NFL regular season football, I should say. and we'll get into the playoffs. Extra teams saw that Cleveland is now favored <laughs> we'll get into Rick's picks next week or tomorrow. I should say, but uh, Cleveland is now favored by like two touchdowns, knowing that uh, Mason Rudolph will be starting. <clears throat> but I, I, I didn't think about Mason Rudolph. He'll be fired up to play Steelers quarterback, but I thought everybody else who's going to play in that game. You know, <clears throat> as someone who has been a backup and a starter, you know, whenever you get a chance to play, you love it, right? But you sort of, you're not dumb. You look around and you can say, oh, they're resting everybody that they think is really important. So does that mean we go out and get stomped on? No, you don't. Not in football. And the people always said, well, you know, they're tanking, he's tanking, this coach is tanking. No, there are actual people in New York who think that Greg Williams, uh, got his wish, he was trying to get fired so that the Jets could get Trevor Lawrence. That's how stupid some fans are, but the guy wanted to lose his job in the NFL as a defensive coordinator and to be known as a blithering idiot who called that defense a total blitz. <laughs> of course, if it works, then he comes out all like, oh. Think about John Gruden, you know, don't score a touchdown, don't score a touchdown he comes out of it he's not smelling like a rose he just doesn't stink he doesn't smell good though because they say you play with fire and you don't get burned you there's still smoke around you, right all right it's an adage there somewhere figure it out i'm rick tittle come on back oh
4: oh if you're ready for an oil change, trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to recommend the best products for your car. Right now, get five quarts of Valvoline Full Synthetic Motor Oil and a Wix filter for thirty-three ninety-nine. Plus, get a ten-dollar gift card after mail-in rebate and double O Rewards points. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, or visit o'reillyauto.com. O oh, O oh, O oh, O'Reilly
5: Auto Parts. That's 800-754-4531.
1: Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, If the lines are busy, please call back.
5: 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. That's 800-410-4771
13: what's in store this week at
6: staples everything you need to start the year right whether you meet at the office or on a video chat or whether your commute is now measured in feet rather than miles staples has everything you need like home office furniture the latest tech and organizational supplies at amazing prices
0: and now at staples 2021 dated desk pads are just 3.99 shop in store or pick up curbside get a fresh start this year with big savings from staples ends one 2 while supplies last curbside available in most stores
2: Check me out, yo, and let's check out the phone lines at 1-800-878-PLAY. We have Scott in sack. What's up, my man?
13: Okay, I have this idea, and I want you to tell me if this is far-fetched or not. Okay. So uh, the NBA expands to 32 teams. We heard Adam Silver saying that that maybe could happen. You have the Supersonics come back to Seattle. They have their, what, key arena Climate Pledge Arena—that's what it's called now—because you got the Kraken coming to play. So that's been fixed up at the Seattle Center, and then you already have the Vegas Golden Knights at the what's it—the T-Mobile whatever—and yeah. so I'm thinking that you add two teams in Vegas and Seattle, you shift New Orleans and the Grizzlies to the East, and then there you go—you got your 32 teams.
2: So I. It's, it's too simple. I'm fine with it, sure.
13: <laughs> I just I guess the main thing is the fact that the Supersonics are still not a team it just babbles my mind. I mean, it's such a big market. I mean, I know they got, they got sold because of Howard Schultz and Starbucks. It's just... With such a big market, how has <laughs> it not been brought back? I know there's obviously a bunch of red tape, but just from a... As a Warriors fan, it's not like it matters to me, but I just to lose your team has to just be such a heartbreaking loss. At least the Raiders are so-called the Raiders, but the Thunder are now the Thunder.
2: No doubt. And, but I mean, here we had Los Angeles without an NFL team for 20 years. I mean, I, the, what is it? Herb Benson, the guy that moved him to Oklahoma city. I couldn't believe that David Stern was okay with that. When I was in college, the Kansas city Kings moved to Sacramento. And I thought, why would the NBA want to go from a, a, a market of that, a medium market to a teeny market. So I don't know what's going on. I think there's just a lot of backroom wheeling and dealing, you know?
13: That uh, Yeah. Well, hopefully it <laughs> happens. And then this one-and-done rule, I mean, come on. It's been since, what, 2005? I think Monte Ellis was, like, the last one that I can remember off the top of my head to go straight from high school yeah. in Mississippi. The one-and-done rule has to be done. I know now these players are doing this G League thing, but... With basketball, if you want to go play in the NBA when you're 18, just come on, NBA. Be like Nike. Just do it. <laughs> Does Nike still
2: use that logo? I think they do, that catchphrase, right?
13: Yeah, they do. I, I use that with my students when they're, uh, when they're getting off task and they need to get refocused. I like that one. How old
2: are your students? What grade? Seventh. This is something that I used to do as a substitute teacher that somebody taught me, and that was to draw a circle on a chalkboard when people weren't paying attention very slowly, and that if the circle ever met at the end and formed a full circle, the entire class had detention. So I would walk up and I'd start the circle, and I was like, "Shut up, the circle!" It was pretty effective. That's pretty funny. Yeah, try it
13: out sometime, Scott. Okay. Well, yeah, whenever we get back in the classroom, maybe I'll. Maybe <laughs> That's I'll do right. That.
2: Try it out on Zoom. Hey, thanks for the yeah. call, man. I like your ideas. Thanks. <laughs> all right, that makes too much sense. And I can guarantee you that New Orleans and Memphis would go out of their way to get into the Eastern Conference. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? It's much easier to make the playoffs in the East. New Orleans is looking up going, holy hell, this team, that team, and then in the East, they go, oh, that's all? I think, I think we can do that. Speaking of basketball, I have gotten more out of these four Warrior games than I did of all of last season, and I'm not kidding, I'm not exaggerating, and I'm not lying like I usually do. I have gotten... <clears throat> I mean, even the two blowouts, I, I wa- it, the second game was horrendous, and I watched three-quarters of that game. I watched more than three-quarters of the first game, and I basically watched all of the last two. And it's because of... Well, four reasons, if you throw in I'm a Warrior fan, but I was a Warrior fan. I've been a Warrior fan my whole life, and I've last year I would see they were on, and I'd be like, eh, let's see what that Love Boat rerun in Ukrainian sounds like. Or I'm going to play some Call of Duty. I'm not going to say, oh, the Warriors are on. Like, when the A's are on, I can't help it. I have to turn the A's on. If if the Warriors are on last year, I'd be like, ah, I'll check at halftime see what the score is. But I have been there for the tip on all four of these, and I think it's because the other three reasons, which is it's the pandemic, and I'm star for sports, and then Steph Curry, and then James Wiseman. But I'll tell you what, this guy Wiggins, who I said it's, it's hard to like him, these last two games, he has stepped up. He was the number one overall pick, remember, by Cleveland, who flogged him to Minnesota so they get Kevin Love. <clears throat> By the way, Kevin Love hurt again. Kevin Love, wh- when does this guy not hurt? It's—I uh, remember <laughs> I got into this ridiculous argument. You ever get into an argument and you're taking a side, and you're like, "Why am I taking this side?" And that is during the NBA Finals. You know, when I was on the court before the game, and I was in the locker rooms and the press conferences. This girl I know is like oh, Kevin Love. He's so ugly. I go Kevin Love. He's super handsome, and she's like Ugh, he's ugly. I go, are you kidding? I stood right next to the guy. He's really handsome. Then I thought, here I am yelling out loud, he's really handsome. But that <laughs> sometimes you find yourself in an argument. <laughs> and you're like, what am I doing here? But the Cavs starting off at three and zero. And then they go, oh, yeah, um, Kevin Love is out a month with a right cap. Again, I thought they should have traded that guy in the rebuilding process. I mean, why are you holding on to him? You're not going to go to the playoffs with him. Starting off 3-0. and Not too shabby. Well, the Warriors got handed this, I don't want to say horrendous, but, you know, a, a tough trip to take you know, four road games. Now I think they get seven straight at home. I guess we're going to have this to cut down on travel, long road trips, long homestands. But, uh, Wiggins has really stepped up. Curry has his 31 points. I mean, even when Curry plays poorly, he's going to get 26, but he had his 31 Wiggins with 27. Kelly Oubre actually hit a three pointer. At one point he was one for 20 and I laughed and I told my, um, family member, I said he's shooting 5% from three. And anyone listening to me right now can shoot 5% from three. If you hoist up 23 pointers, any of us listening, will get one. Put somebody on us, too. So we have to shoot the ball straight up. We'll still get one. <laughs> That's what Oubre was doing. He was shooting 5% from three. <clears throat> but Even after getting she lacked in those first two games, by the way, combined 65 points in those two losses, they came up big. And there was a great 12-0 run in the fourth quarter with Wiggins doing most of the damage. That was great. And the funny thing is about the Pistons, this is the NBA that I sort of grew up with, just the lethargy. They came out missing shots here, missing shots there. You know, it's like, uh, you know, Jeremy Grant still ended up with 27, but back iron, Jackson, boom. Blake Griffin only scored eight. Come on, Blake, what are you doing? Playing against the Warriors, you can't score more than eight. Mason Plumlee had two points. Killian Hayes started. He started. He had one assist. Everything else is goose egg. And as the game went on, even when the Warriors got down, I thought, geez, Detroit, 0-3, not interested in winning, and ended up 0-4 because the Warriors just plain wanted it more than they did. And then, I mean, when you're starting Toscano Anderson, when you start a guy like that, it's, and I love the guy. He's from East Oakland. He went to Castle Valley High. But still, it's like, yikes. But in the end, the Warriors are now 2 and 2 and are not a laughing stock. Last year, laughing stock. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Planet.
12: in der Land, du mein schönes Pfälzerland. die Wort- Tittle always goes commando.
2: Commando, I tell you. Welcome back to the uh, show. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast. What you got? Let's talk some sports. It's all about you. It's all about y'alls and your calls. So get into the queue and we will talk to you. We just heard Scott talking about the G League. And there's news from the G League uh, this year. They think they're going to play about 12 to 15 games this year in the G League. And they're going to have it in the Orlando bubble. And it's going to begin in February. How about that? And so uh, this is the schedule. The G League draft. That's right. The G League draft will be on January 11th. On the 19th, the players will report to their home markets for physicals and preseason process, as it's called. Team will arrive at the bubble in Orlando on January 26th. The opening night, February 8th, and the G League playoffs March 5th through 9th. That's where the Santa Clara, or I should say Santa Cruz Warriors will be. And uh, not every team will be participating because it will cost about a half a million dollars to keep your G League team in the bubble. And so 11 franchises have decided against sending a team to a bubble, which means they will not have a G League team this year. Very interesting. Um, my Santa Cruz Warriors are in, which is good. But this is, these are the teams that will not have a G League team. The Whiz, who are the capital city go-go. Woo, that's bad. The Hawks, which are the College Park Skyhawks. The Pistons, which are the Grand Rapids Drive. The Celtics, which are the Maine Red Claws. The Suns, which are the Northern Arizona Suns. The Heat, which is the Sioux Falls Sky Forest. The Lakers, which is the South Bay Lakers. The Sacramento Kings, who are the Stockton Kings. The Mavericks or the Texas Legends, the Bulls, the Windy City Bulls and the Bucks, the Wisconsin Herd, all will not have a G League team because they can't spare frickin half a mil. Whatevs. Let's go back to those phone lines and let's go to the island of Manhattan. What's up,
17: Charlie? Rick, I wanted to add my two cents in about uh, our Warriors. I also wanted to uh, add my two cents in about uh, James Weissman. I'm I'm happy with the way he's playing, although it's only four games. And last night he only had, uh, I think, six and six and fouled out. I just like how he's conducting himself on the court. He doesn't look overwhelmed. He plays with composure and he's learning Mandarin. So I think... I think he I think he has a lot of potential. I'm I'm I am i am i watch I am I'm, I'm happy the Warriors picked him. Um, I got to say and, I got to
2: say too it's interesting. I think it's an East Coast, maybe it's a New York thing. I have noticed, if you don't mind me saying, so that you call him sort of the more Jewish Weissman.
17: He's oh, how actually Weissman. Wiseman, as in uh, as in the three Weissman
2: Right, he's he's Wiseman, but I like you say, Mister Mister Wiseman, who runs Russ and Daughters on Houston.
17: That then, yeah, that's maybe it's a New York thing. I I I, I hope he's not offended <laughs> if he's listening, but that, that I probably will always call him that. Um, it, it was just a have habit. It. But anyway, I, I I yeah, and with Wiggins, I know you like him, and, and last night he had a great game. If he, I guess this is what's plagued him his whole career. He looks great some nights, and some nights yeah. he doesn't. Um, but if he can play more like he did last night, going forward, you know, even going into next year when Clay comes back, then then maybe we have something with 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 Wise Wiseman and uh, and uh, wh- whatever else we pick up in the draft. But I just want yeah. to add my sense, two cents in about Wise. By the way, I don't want
2: I don't want to make you self conscious. You call Wise. Now you got me thinking you about it,
17: Rick. I'm going to be thinking <laughs> about it. <laughs> Well, what's his nickname? What, what, didn't they know, like the big ticket? Is that what they were? I heard that's like a potential. I'll, I'm just going to refer to him as the big ticket, I guess. But um, what's your take on 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 James? I'll call him James. What's what's your take on him?
2: I so, I uh, I'm sorry I brought that up. I should have just let you go with Weissman. Nah, that's um, all right. That's fine. I I I love the fact that well, Kerr said, you know, because he fouled out for the first time. And he had Satan's address. He had six points, six rebounds, six, um, uh, six rebounds, wow. six points, right. and six. Uh, um, what is it? I'm forgetting the other stat. Anyway, That's he it. um, uh, he's a guy who uh, or per six personal fouls is what I'm
17: thinking. Personal fouls.
2: Um, right. Yeah, he uh was uh he was very upset. He fouled out, and and curse said the best thing about him, is that when you coach him. He doesn't feel like he's being criticized. You know, like, I don't know if when you're watching the game, he got two fouls pretty quick in the first quarter, set out the rest of the first quarter. And as soon as he came over, Kerr started saying, you were doing this when you should have been doing that. And here's a guy who was a guard who already could see what he was doing wrong. But as I said, 19 years old, uh, didn't even play 100 minutes in college. And just that soft left hand, that coast to coast delivery. I mean, he's exciting.
17: Yes, yes. I, I, I am. That's what I wanted to say. I'm excited to watch him play. It regard, regardless, or regardless of how the. I think they mean the same thing. Regardless or regardless of how the season goes. Now you got me self conscious about everything I say, Rick. Um, <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> Irregardless means the same as regardless. Yes.
17: Yes. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm excited about watching him. I'm. I. I I'm looking for. I, I was. Nervous because they drafted him. He's nineteen. He, he he looked a little, you know, all the things you were saying yesterday. But uh, yeah, so I just wanted to add my two cents about him. And and and.
2: Uh, yeah. And, and by the way, can... by the way, I know back there, I know back there, you guys say Super Mario and you say Oregon and Nevada. I'm good with all that. I know that's how you guys talk. About it. Nevada. How
17: do you say Nevada? How are you supposed to?
2: Say? It's, ne- Nevada? it's Nevada.
17: Oh really? Nevada, Nevada. and Oregon. Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. Oh, you're right. I do say it incorrectly. Well, and 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 it's not Houston Street. It's Houston Street. Exactly <laughs> right. Houston, Houston,
2: Houston. It's the German way.
17: Yes. It's not Houston. And I, I and I know a couple of guys that are from Houston, and I call them, I always say Houston just to you know break their bees. Anyway, Rick, <laughs> you, you have a happy New Year. If I don't call State. tomorrow,
2: and uh, uh, yeah, I'll Happy New Year! And we and we went out with me. Yes. We went out with me breaking. B. Sorry about that.
17: <laughs> no problem. All right, man. See you later.
2: <laughs> All right, thank you. Anybody from Hell's Kitchen can take it, though. Now I noticed yesterday he kept saying Weissmann, um, <clears throat> which is German for white man. By the way, Vice. Uh, the W is pronounced like a V. Vice is uh, and Schwatz. Vice is white. Schwarz is black or Schwartz. You know, somebody my Schwartz. That's why Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger is Schwarzen Ecker. Schwarzen is black. Ecker, you pronounce the G's like K's. Schwarzen black plowman. I remember, he explained that name on Letterman when he was married to Maria Shriver. <laughs> and Letterman said, What do the Kennedys think about having a black plowman in the family? <laughs> Which Schwarzenegger gave a. Uh, <clears throat> a hearty laugh, too, uh, at the time. Uh, and that's also one of my flaws, as well, is that I, I do point out, you know, and I, I why can't I just let it go? Who cares if he calls him twice? It's because Charlie's my friend, damn it. That's why. If I didn't care about him, I wouldn't correct him. So if you've called me, and I never correct and plus, you can correct me. I'm hella wrong all the time. Oh, yeah. There was something the other day I wish I could, I swear if I could remember it, I'd tell you that I think I'd been saying wrong my whole life. And I'm like, wait, it's, you say it like that? I had no idea. Oh, then I was talking about something and I said, well, that's more of a chivalric way of looking at it. And I go, wait, is it chivalric or is it Rick Tittle? Chivalric Tittle? I do that. How about that? Sizzle my nizzle, chivalric tittle. We could call the show that as well. And someone said, what are you going to call your sports, like uh, your show? I go, I'm not going to call it the Rick Tittle show. I think that's just the most inane. I remember was on 95.7, the game, they'd have these liners saying, you're listening to the Rick Tittle show. And I thought, I never approve that. Like, they're going to ask me, how do you want your liners? And it's like, you're listening to the Rick Tittle. And then you say, it's like, well, the other day when someone called me on the Rick Tittle show, it's like, well, now you're talking about yourself in the third person. Nah, mix it up a little bit. Come on. Yeah. Or you could call me Correcto the Clown. I remember one time <laughs> a guy said, the one thing I learned from Tittle is that uh, fire abend means quitting time in Germany. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's right, because the, the Mariners had a guy named Fierabend. He was a pitcher. And I said, Fierabend, it's actually fire obend, which means quitting time in Germany. See, you can learn something, even though it's useless. Come on back on Sportsbox.
3: Rates have dropped to near all-time lows at ClearPath Lending. Rates are as low as 1.75% on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, 1.986% APR. Call ClearPath Lending, 844-800-3205. Loan officers are standing by. ClearPath Lending at 844-800-3205.
1: Loans not available in all states. 1.75% rate, 1.986% APR. Subject to 800 minimum FICO score and includes up to two discount points. Other restrictions apply. Call 888-855-6361 or visit clearpathlending.com for details about credit costs, terms, and license information. ClearPath Lending Incorporated. 15615 Alton Parkway, Suite 300, Irvine, California. 92618, NMLS ID number 936436. Loans made or arranged pursuant to a California financing law License number 603-J783 in California. Equal housing opportunity lender.
3: Call now and save thousands. 800
4: It's time to play Vomit or
6: No Vomit, brought to you by Nauzine. It's 2 a.m. on New Year's, and the combo of greasy sliders and weak-old eggnog has your stomach feeling like it's ready to uncork like cheap champagne. For your first resolution, do you A, vomit,
7: B, drink the pink stuff,
6: C,
4: take fast-acting Nauzine. Take Nauzine. Correct. Nauzine's four-minute formula quickly relieves stomach discomfort from overindulging.
3: Get fast-acting Nauzine now. Available in stores everywhere. Use only as directed.
12: I'm 33% sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
2: That's fantastic. Uh, thank you, that. And uh, welcome back to the show. I know, correcting too many people. Um, <clears throat> just listen to that Nauseen commercial. Do You think about... By the way, pick it up for upset stomachs. Um, <laughs> in the antacid section. The... Uh, The naming of a product, Nozine, right? Because you're nauseous. When I was in college, it reminded me I had to take one advertising class as part of my degree. And you had to come up for the final with a product that's not only never been invented before, but you had to have a whole ad campaign for it. And so I came up with a medicine that cured uh, hangovers. You take a pill and your hangover's gone. I was in college. and wonder why I thought of that. And I called it Soberon. You get sober. Sober on. But I based the campaign and the drawings off of Oberon, who was the medieval king of the fairies. You might remember from A Midsummer Night's Dream. So here I had pictures of Oberon, but he's holding the box of Soberon. And I thought that would be a big hit. And everybody's like, ah. no one knew who Oberon was. <laughs> and then I'd say, he's king of the fairies. And they'd go, oh, that's masculine. And then my teacher was like, <clears throat> all right, B minus. I'm like, B minus? This is brilliant. Soberon? You want You want to be on with the sober? And they're like, nah. So anyway, I just thought of that. 1-800-878-PLAY. Speaking of hot starts and cold starts, how about the Wizards, our nation's capital? Even with the addition of Russell Westbrook and Denny Avdia, the kid from Israel, expectations probably weren't super high for the Washington Wizards, but they probably thought it'd be better than this because last night they lost to the bulls by 8 a team the warriors beat in chicago they're 0 and 4 one of the only i guess there's four teams who are winless and they're one of them and this is their worst start in 8 years when they started off 0 and 12 i don't think it's going to be that bad around but it's taking a toll mentally And think about how competitive Russell Westbrook is, right? And you could see him sulking on the bench. I say bench now. It's the sort of like Gatorade basketball carts and then an office chair trying to keep people, what, one foot apart, (laughs) one and a half feet apart. But he's very competitive. They saw him sulking. And then Robert Pack, remember him, the old guard? Uh, Denver. He came over and said a few words to him. And then Westbrook got up and went to the locker room. And so afterward, you know, the reporters saw it and they asked him about it. And he said, quote, it's a tough time, but you got to figure it out, especially for myself. I really, really hate losing. So it's tough for me to kind of reset. But as a team leader, You can't just lead when things are going well. You have to lead when things aren't going your way. And he's right. How about Bradley Beal? Uh, When the media wanted to talk to him, he declined, which makes it basically less than tacitly clear exactly how he's feeling. He, I think you also have to remember that last night he got hit in the head so hard that they had to check him for a concussion. He was fine, came back, finished the game. But I think what's worse for Washington is that they have not had some sort of brutal schedule. You know, <laughs> it's like <clears throat> you have to open up against the Lakers, you know, against Boston, against uh, Brooklyn. They lost to the Sixers the Bulls and the Magic twice and there's really nothing that their stars I think can do more because Bradley Beal is averaging 32 points a game that's third in the NBA Westbrook is averaging a triple double per game 19 points 14 rebounds 13 assists how is this team 0-4? Well, they are. And it just it just shows you sometimes it takes times for teams to adjust. And you know, and sometimes you can have a team where it's just basically two guys. <clears throat> and I think one of the bigger surprises in the league you could say is Kevin Durant. And you go, what do you mean? Kevin Durant's money in the bank. He is, but who's, who thought he'd be in mid season form? You know, he's averaging 30 points and seven boards. He's been playing great defense and th- he looks like he's going to be terrorizing that conference. And then you look at Toronto, they started off and three and they don't hit the panic button yet. They had a close loss to San Antonio and no one thinks they're a playoff team. The Spurs. Then they lost to the Pelicans and they lost to the Sixers too. And they just they just had a lack of size. I mean, against the Sixers, it was Ibaka and their old friend Gasol and Embiid. They couldn't get anything going in the in the paint. But <clears throat> I mean, the Nap the Raptors have notoriously let their defense lead to offense but this season that's just not the case i mean in that in that loss to the sixers in the fourth quarter they only got 17 points fred van fleet's been awful so far he had one okay game against the spurs but other than that he's averaging about 18 points a game kyle lowry said the whole team is not on the same page and it's like well why is that well he said there's too many new players well, look, in his defense, they did have, what, three preseason games? They had Aaron Baines and Alex Len, But, I mean, you lose Ibaka, you lose Gasol, and whoever Through those games, they just don't seem like they're on the same page right now. Uh, speaking of Philadelphia, do <clears throat> you remember when they took Markel Fultz, number one o- overall, uh, out of Washington? And it's funny, I remember having... The great Kate Scott in the studio with me, who was doing Pac-12 games. And we were talking about Foltz as the number one pick, and he looked like he was going to be great. Well, not only did he go into the crapper, remember he forgot how to shoot. What? Remember he was using virtual reality headsets to remember how to shoot. Well, they flogged him off to the Magic last year, and it was you know a good. It was a good change for him. He only played in 33 games his first two years with 76ers. But in his first season with the Magic, he became a serviceable NBA player, 12 points and five assists a game. That's nothing to sneeze at in the NBA. That's not getting you in any all-star game. It's not going to make you a a rich, rich man, but you're going to get paid. You're going to do all right. But now in his fourth year, and he started all four games with the Magic right now. He's averaging 18, 6, and 4. And the Magic undefeated. I mean, this guy looks like he's starting to be the number one overall pick that he was supposed to be. And then, <clears throat> when you look at the Hawks in the East, racing out to a 3-0 record, 3-0. and He's a guy right now who is second in the league in scoring, 34 points, over 7 assists a game, 4 rebounds, shooting over 42% from 3, over 53% from the field. And this probably goes hand in the fa- hand in with the fact that Atlanta has done its hardest to surround him with some quality players to get that weight off him. Remember, they don't want to be known as the guy, you know, the team, Travis Schlank who traded him for Luka Doncic, who is as good as Trey Young is, and he was so fantastic at Oklahoma, led the nation in scoring. Supposed to be the next Steph Curry. Right now, if you had to take MVP votes after four games, one week, you would probably look at him, but you get a guy like Danilo Gallinari and Bogdan Bogdanovich. You know, they. I think it's interesting that the Hawks went out and got a guy like Rajon Rondo just as another ball handler. It's, uh you know, th- this will allow Trey Young to operate the way you want him to operate, and that is just to pour in some points because that is his talent. That's what he's supposed to do. Um, also, another thing about James Harden as the, the whole premise is that the team that acquires him, you know, he thinks they have to be championship caliber. Uh, <clears throat> he's 31 years old, and... You can talk about how he looks a little chunky. I don't think there's any five-year plan on James Harden. Why would you give him a five-year contract at this point? But just scenarios if you want to get him. Like Brooklyn, what would Brooklyn have to give up? If you combine the salaries, Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and Rodians Kuroks, those four would have to go. I'm not even talking about picks. Just talking about money. Philly would have to be Ben Simmons and Mike Scott with picks. The Heat, like this will happen. Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, Andre Iguodala, Kelly Olenek. Well, No one cares about Iguodala and Olenek. Uh They're not trading Tyler Harrow. It's just not going to happen. If it was Denver, it would be Michael Porter, Will Barton, and Gary Harris. Uh, otherwise, you'd have to throw in Jamal Murray. I mean, would Houston sign off on that? The Celtics would have to have Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart in a trade. I'm just adding up these salaries. The Blazers were another team that was rumored. It would have to be C.J. McCollum, Zach Collins, and Gary Trent. I guess I could see that. The Raptors would have to be Pascal Siakam and Norman Powell. Siakam is the one guy getting paid at this point. So none of those seem like fits. You know, and if it was baseball, it wouldn't matter because you just, (laughs) the salaries wouldn't have to match. So, you know, people still bringing it up, people still talking about it, but it's just not, it's just not feasible at this point. He's going to be a rocket. He's going to be a rocket for a while. Rockets red glare. We'll take a quick break. Get on back on byline. Y'all for shiz. (laughs)
16: Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now.
6: At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done
5: That's 800-403-5912. You're
13: so ugly you could
18: be a modern art masterpiece.
12: percent sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100 percent sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
2: That hurts my feelings. We still have another hour to go and it's open lines 1-800-878-PLAY. I don't want to call Rick. He might correct me. (laughs) I know. I feel bad now. Why can't I just let it go? Who cares? Uh, Major League Baseball has uh, indicated it will not cut the line to acquire COVID-19 vaccinations. How about that? Uh, In other words, like, we need to all get vaccinated so we can start on time. MLB put this statement out today. Quote, like the NBA, Major League Baseball and its clubs will work with public health authorities on issues related to the availability and timing of vaccinations for players and other employees. Vaccinations will only be made available to players when public health officials deem it appropriate. Now, remember, Adam Silver said, quote, it goes without saying that in no way, in no form or way will we jump that line. We will wait our turn to get the vaccine. So, is that fair? Yes. Do I kind of wish they would get it so we could start on time? A little. I just wish we had so many of these that it wouldn't matter, like everybody could just get it, but unfortunately it doesn't work that way. I mean, complicating things as well as far as the vaccination process is the, I guess, going to be this ongoing labor war and we're not even through the CBA yet because MLB wants to um, delay the season until fans can be in the stands and the union's like, no, we're playing every damn game this year. And I think about... You'd say, why wouldn't owners want to play every game? Well, they don't want to play any games where there's no fans. Not a one. They, To them, it's just not worth it. We found that out last year. They're not interested in doing, do you really want another season with those cardboard cutouts? No, that's so 2020, we hope, <laughs> right? But anyway, Major League Baseball, it's like the NBA says, uh, we're not going to get any special treatment. All right, we'll see about that. A hard news break. We'll come back in five minutes and we'll do another hour. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll see you then.